Why do I make this type of film? Why do I make films that are so cruel and disquieting? I must say, I often ask myself the same question, because my imagination isn't all like that. I like to laugh, to joke, to listen to music. So why do I do it? I don't know. Perhaps because it's the darker side of myself, the monster that's inside me. Sometimes it's nearer the surface and it emerges and takes over all my other thoughts, my normal and more relaxed lifestyle. Sometimes I do have these strange ideas which disturb me and even frighten me, thoughts that come from deep down inside me. When you've been following flights of wild imagination, it's difficult to come back to Earth. It's very difficult. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. 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 Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. And check us out in the Portland Press Herald. We got some ink spilled on us this week. Woo! Dennis Perkins was kind enough to do a really nice interview with us, and he wrote a really nice piece about the podcast. You can check it out, portlandpressherald.com. We've got some Halloween business yet unfinished. Mm. I can't believe it's holiday. <laughs> you can't escape it. Oh my Trent. God. You can't escape the spooky season. You know, before this podcast, Halloween was like a fun time of year. Now it's it's just a busy season. <laughs> work, work, work. Can't get away from it. My God, when will it wind down? It's our Super Bowl. Um, thanks, everybody, who came out to the Ephodian Theater on Halloween Eve and watched Basket Case with us. It was an amazing night. I was so happy to see a room full of people who had left their homes mm. with intent and went to a designated location at a specific time and paid up and sat down and all watched an amazing horror movie together. Yeah. We packed the Ephodian. We packed it. <laughs> packed it. Uh, there is nothing like going to a movie, especially a horror movie. I firmly believe that is still the best way to see it. And it was a great crowd. It was perfect. You know, a movie like Basket Case that is so campy, it's firmly yeah. in the so bad it's good. Everybody was laughing at the same scenes. Yes. You know, all the same reactions. Uh, it's as close to like a live version of like Rocky Horror as you're yeah. going to get. It was just, yeah. it was really, really cool. So we laughed. Thanks to Pat Corrigan and thanks to everyone that came out. Yeah, we cried. We had some drinks and thanks uh, Mitch Bushno, our uh, unofficial official artist was there. He had some weird, hopefully you got some merch from us and maybe you got some stuff from, from Mitch or at least you were introduced to his work. You can check him out on Instagram. He's known as Mitch Toxic. We did have a costume contest as promised. Everybody was pretty much dressed up. Yeah. There was one costume that was the runaway winner. Our listener, Matt, came as Dwayne and Belial from Basket <laughs> from the Case. Movie. There really was no question about who, who won that contest as soon as he walked in with that costume. Thank you, Matt. Uh, part of his prize was that um, he got to do the picks for this week. 
And we had a little a little snafu. One one of his picks called The Incident from 2014, which looks really great, not available anywhere uh, streaming right now. And we looked high and low. Um, so we didn't have time to get the alternate pick in for this week, but we will hit that, Matt. We will definitely talk about curtains. But Matt recommended one of my favorite horror movies of the 80s called Demons Ooh. from 1985. This is on Shutter right now. It's on a pretty cool platform called Mubi. You ever guys ever check out Mubi? No. Tons of great stuff. It's subscription service. It's on Mubi, and you can rent it on Prime or Vudu. This was directed by Lamberto Bava, son of Italian filmmaking legend Mario Bava. We talked about A Bay of Blood on the uh, Patreon, Kevin and I. Mario Bava's catalog is beyond legendary. Lamberto, not quite um, even remotely close actually <laughs> but he made what i think is one of the great horror movies of the 80s this is the story of cheryl and kathy they uh get free tickets to a mysterious movie screening there's a masked stranger who is just walking around the city in this uh kind of scary costume and he's handing out tickets to a film screening at a place called metropole which Ooh. is kind of a spooky theater in a big ominous looking building in the middle of the city Kathy hopes it's not a horror movie. That's one of my favorite parts. It's on the way to the movie, Kathy keeps saying she hates horror movies, and it better not be a horror movie. They don't know what it is. Of course, when they arrive, there are all kinds of other people there that also got free tickets to this mysterious movie from The Mysterious Stranger. The movie begins, and of course, it is a horror movie. Pretty good one, too. I liked the film within a film. Yeah, I want to see that whole thing. <laughs> That's great. But both Demons and Demons too. I want to see both of those. It's a great device because you start getting horror stuff right away because they have to show the, the film within a film. So you start getting your horror stuff going on immediately. And what happens is uh, the things that are happening on screen start happening in the theater. Demons start possessing people. Once this demon possesses you, you turn into a demon and if you bite or scratch someone else, then they turn into a demon. So the next thing you know, everybody's trying to flee the theater, but suddenly the theater is sealed tight, can't get out. They're all trapped in this theater, and it becomes a fixed location, barricaded ensemble of strangers. I love this movie. This was a huge VHS movie for me when I was getting first getting into horror. Demons loomed large for me. The special effects, practical effects... Gory is all get out, mm. wild, over the top, motorcycles in the theater, everything you could want. This was uh, co-written and produced by Dario Argento. At this time, he was kind of dipping into uh, production. He produced Dawn of the Dead, as we know. Thank you, Matt, for this one. I'd never even heard of this one, to be honest. So this is a, a brand new week for Cat, And I love the premise of this movie. A bunch of people who think they're going to have a fun night out at the movies. I liked how you found out in real time with the people, basically what was going to happen. Here's a question, though. If a man with a weird half mask hands you a ticket to a movie in a theater that you've never heard of, are you going to go to that I mean, Dave to and Trent have told so many stories you... on this podcast where we know that their answer <laughs> yes, is yes. They're you know the answer to that I would say it's definitely horror. <laughs> <laughs> like, I wonder if it's a horror movie. Like, yeah. You yeah. think? Kat, you and I might break off from the two of them and be yeah. like, let's talk this out. Dave like, and Trent are already at the theater. They're already on the way. They're like, okay, well, like, text us if you're going to come. Um, 
just to sidetrack, I was saying to Kevin that this reminded, I, I felt like that woman who's like, I hope it's not a horror movie. That one time that you're like, hey, let's go see this movie, Green Inferno. And I'm like, yeah, sounds cool, bro. <laughs> and then I show up and with you and Kevin. I'm like, wait, this is a, a movie about cannibalism? Wait, did you did you go to that with us? Yes. <laughs> you did? I did, yeah. It was magical. <laughs> I totally forgot In that, that moment, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? And you're like, what movie did you think it was? You're about to see and people getting like, eaten, cat. Like, I don't no. Anyway, so I was that woman in that moment. So I, re- I related to that character a lot. It was goofy, you know? It definitely was like goofy, campy. Acting wasn't the best acting I've ever seen. Dialogue, something to be desired a little bit there. But I thought it went well, like opposite of all the gore and all the special effects and all the practical effects. It was just a nice combo, like to have this terrifying premise of being barricaded in a theater with no escape and being hunted by these creatures and then just be like met with these over-the-top you know characters and special effects also the soundtrack slaps both of these movies soundtrack slaps i love motley crew to be honest um so we can get into that later but um fun watch i was into it it was a fun week for me This is one of the movies that scared me the most when I was a kid. Because I definitely saw this before Dawn of the Dead when I was younger. And I think, you know, Dawn of the Dead, Demons, Demons 2 that we'll get to. I think it's some of the first movies that I saw that trap you. So I think when I was younger and Mm -hmm. I started watching horror, it didn't, you know, it scared me, but it it's out in the open world. Like when you're watching Friday the 13th, you have the openness of a camp and a lake and like there's some serenity. You can get away if you yeah, really, you can if run, you can run. Yeah. And even as you start to figure out the tropes, even as young as you are, and you know that, you know, the killer's walking and the victim is running, but they're still going to get caught. At least there's that openness. This Dawn of the Dead and Demons 2 terrified me because I think it's the first time I felt like claustrophobic watching a horror movie. And I think that is the charm yeah, of key. these two movies. That's the key of it. When the, the, the film within a film starts manifesting at, at the actual theater goers and they head for the exit and they open those doors and it's just bricked up. Oh, that so terrified good. me when yeah. I was a kid and I watched this. That was just the absolute yeah. worst. Like I hate what I realize that I hate I'm, I'm not claustrophobic. Like you could stuff me in a locker right now and I'd be fine. But for some reason, watching that, like the terror of it, watching 90 minutes of not only do you have to worry about the big bads, the demons and the scaries and all the gore that's going on, but you're watching them run around for an hour and a half and every single exit, like every single thing is they can't get out. Yeah. Along with the fact that this movie has no chill. This movie gets going. And then it is just a nonstop splatter fest. Mm. I mean, this is up there. We talk a lot on the show week to week about Rick Baker and all the famous effects people. This is incredible. Like, this is a pretty crowning achievement. I know, Kat, you said some of it can be like a little bit funny. Almost like what we talked about, like at the Ephodian. Like there's some scenes that if we were watching this with this a group of people and screaming to, this, to we would all be yelling. Yeah, like, and yeah. Potentially laughing at some of like the more cornier effects and everything, but Definitely. they're still good. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't take you out of the moment. This movie knows exactly what it is, and the thing about both of the movies we're talking about tonight, I never realized how influential both of these movies were on future horror films. 
And I also respect them for the fact that they also are aping a number of horror movies that preceded them. Oh, yeah. And they're wearing it right on their sleeve. So it's done in like a totally like respectful way. Um, the soundtrack that Kat mentioned, I mean, you throw in a Goblin soundtrack with a bunch of, you know, 80s artists at the time, you know, when White Wedding starts playing, you know, I would expect a theater full of people to just be cheering um, <laughs> and pumping their fists like Billy Idol. Uh, you throw in like the washed out, like super saturated look of this. It looked like Dawn of the Dead to me. Uh, Very which, much. You, know, Ar- you mentioned Very Argento much, produced, yeah. but I love that. Um, I was telling Dave earlier today, we were watching that, and it's one of those movies to me where the soundtrack feels like the movie. You know, like it's yeah. I don't know how it's a great I don't, marriage. I don't know how to like get that yeah. out properly, but like the soundtrack feels like the movie would look, and the movie looks like the soundtrack would sound. It's a great one. This is one of my favorites. Um, not just from the 80s. This is one of my favorites of all time. It scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. I love demons, but I didn't see... Like the movie or just... Are well, you... Actually, I do love demons. The actual... The movie, but also demons themselves because they're kind of like the most like smart-ass, spiteful, savage of all the things that like overtake your body and they take control of like what you do, uh, you know... And these are almost like a mix of like zombies and demons. There's a little Nostradamus backstory, <laughs> but to me, they're they're kind of like zombies because they're so contagious through the fingernails. I thought that was interesting. But strangely, me being the '80s connoisseur that I am, I missed out on a lot of the Italian stuff in the actual '80s. Same. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see this until I was probably in my 30s, um, and I loved it. I didn't remember how much. I loved this movie until I watched it again. Uh, I love how simple it starts. Uh, you were talking about loving to go to the movies. It reminds me of like uh, a Willy Wonka, like golden ticket kind of situation uh, yeah. for like movie cinema zealots like Trent. Like he would <laughs> that, that's what it looks like. It's like, a, it's like a big oversized golden ticket. That's yeah. what he's handing out. A lot of the Italian stuff that I have revisited uh, now that I'm older, now that I've been used to having cell phones and computers and just stimuli everywhere, some of the stuff is slow paced and yeah. it's hard to it, it's hard to get through some of the the first two acts of some of these Italian masterpieces that culminate to something great. But I've just seen so many glowing light things in my life that I I can't you know pay attention for too long, but. <laughs> This is like, I, I would say this is edited as quickly and efficiently as like Barbarian or anything that just came out because you have the kills on the, the movie and you have the kills that are happening to the people in the theater. And I also think the setting, it's like this punk rock, Euro trash, like it almost reminds me of Titan uh, with like the motorcycles and the chrome and, you know, like the the hot ladies, uh, the hot punk rock ladies, the skeezy <laughs> ladies. I love how they, they do the character development. Kevin was mentioning earlier, we we're talking about how you connect more to these characters than you do in the second one. I do anyway. And I think we we're talking about it being like, they're all a stereotype. Every single person that's in the movie is a stereotype. So he's established, okay, this is what this character does 
because you know what I mean? This is the stereotype. So there's hardly any talking. There's hardly any dialogue besides like screaming and go yeah. this way. And like, <laughs> and, and when there is, it's kind of like a, uh, a porn a little bit. It's very utilitarian dialogue. It's just enough so that you know, okay, that guy's a pimp. Okay, he, th- those are his girls. Okay, this is a couple. Those are blind. the teens. This guy, yeah, that's, that's it. It's the blind and, guy at a movie. And if I was watching this in, in a movie theater, <laughs> I would stand up and cheer when fucking Lombardo Bava pulls out all the stops, mm. goes hard as fuck. And dr- Every stop. A helicopter through the roof <laughs> oh. of a movie theater. <laughs> Chopping uh, demons' heads off with the propellers, like it's crazy. <laughs> it's hard. Goes so full hard. dead alive with it the motorcycle hard. and the katana sword scene. Like, also, Mandy, uh, kind of Mandy vibes. This movie slaps. It whips. It fucks. <laughs> it does all the things. And it's funny you mentioned Dave. Sometimes some of the older Italian stuff compared to what we're used to now in this day and age, sometimes it, it feels a little slow. To me, this is a movie that is complicit in my difficulty with some of the older ones that do take a little more time to set up because I was raised on demons. This thing just gets going and it just goes and goes faster and faster and harder the whole way. So sometimes when I'm watching stuff from this era, I'm like, why isn't this demons? Why has there been no bloody murder yet? Where Where is the crazy special effects? Like what's going on? Um, I had no idea when I was a kid that this was an Italian movie. It's in English. It's bad ADR uh, later recorded English, <laughs> yes. um, but I didn't really notice that until you know until now. But uh, yeah. Well, speaking of Nostradamus, do you remember a comment that Dave made last week about Coke? No, I said that the stuff was where they where they had only ten percent of it in the new the taste. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that it was like when they took the cocaine out of right. Coca Cola. And now this week. I forgot that we have the punks driving around in a car, yeah. literally snorting Coke out of a can of Coca-Cola. Yeah. How the hell did they get the product rights? I mean, how desperate was Coke to advertise <laughs> at that time that they're like, yeah, sure, you can just hold up a can of Coca-Cola and it's obviously cocaine. And then what happens? Oh, you're going to scrape it off of somebody's nipple? Yeah, sure. Great. Good good product yes. placement. We're in. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah, that was a weird scene. I would like to bring up my favorite characters of the film. It would be the the married couple <laughs> that so obviously hate one another it, it, yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. They're on the angry date. Oh, yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah. He was just like, shut up. And she's like, but you t- it's our anniversary. You took me out to a movie. He's like, yeah, I brought you out or like all this shit. I'm like, what do you want? Cool. <laughs> what do you want? What else do you want? So in that me? situation, she doesn't know that he got the tickets for free. Basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think she's got bigger problems probably in that situation. But... FX master Sergio Stivaletti did the practical effects on this, and he actually had a hand in writing the sequel, and he did the uh, effects on that too. Amazing effects. The gore yeah. in this, second to none, I would mm. say. It reminded me of The Evil Dead a lot. I, mm-hmm. I realized how much mm-hmm. so many other movies got from this. Evil Dead was what? Evil 81? Dead was before this, but Evil that's Dead what, 2 was that's, after. That's an example. Evil of Dead like, 2 is more yeah. like... Where this movie is like wearing its inspiration yeah. on its sleeve and still would go on to influence like future films. Yeah, I feel like it's all about the eyes. Like the eyes are very similar. That scene, iconic scene when the demons are coming up the, the stairs, the whole, yeah. backlit in blue, yes. and the eyes are glowing. I mean, oh. that's a scene that's been with me my whole life, and yeah. it is one of the greatest horror movie scenes ever you mentioned dave like some similarities to zombies i would say that 
this is a zombie movie. I think that Dario Argento, by this point, we've talked about Suspiria, we talked about opera. Um, Sergio Stivaletti did the effects for opera. I think that they were just trying to like do do a zombie movie and and just put a fresh spin on it because they're just they're fast zombies. There's this not the a whole first... lot of eating of brains or anything like that. They just shred people. No, but they still yeah. bite people. I was saying that I think that Zack Snyder watched Dawn of the Dead. And he watched Demons. Right. And that's what you get with his 2004, or I think. 28 remake. Days Later. Or Yep. Same, yep that, that one. That, I, people I think that that's the that first one. fast zombie, but really Demons is the first fast zombie. They're just demons. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think Schneider basically gave us, like, he put these two movies in a blender, and I, I'll still stand by his remake. I still think it's a great it's movie. A great one. Yeah. But yeah, 28 Days Later is a, another good call. Um, definitely taken from this. Cause, you know, it's called Demons, but... For something that has Nostradamus in it and it's talking about demons, I think they're at a church in the film within a film when they're finding Nostradamus's tomb mm-hmm. and sort of unleashing all of this. I got excited because I haven't watched this movie in a minute. And I was like, ooh, I don't remember. Like, do they give us like a theological angle or anything like Nope. No. You get no, no ex- there's <laughs> no exposition. Like Dave said, the dialogue is porn. It's literally to give you maybe a chance to like some of these characters and then watch slaughtering happen uh there's no information as to what the origin of the demons is and i even appreciate it we'll get to it soon in the sequel they don't even like a lot of horror sequels will be like it's kind of like what we talked about with nightmare on elm street 3 where suddenly they're giving you freddie's mom as a nun and son of a thousand maniacs or whatever like (laughs) they nope they don't do that the second one does the exact same thing it's just like film within a film we're in a different location we're still locked down. It's still claustrophobic. And here we go. Not only does it not explain it, but it gives you the laziest mid-80s explanation you could ever come up with. That's what I thought was so funny. The film within a film, the kids like disturb the, the tomb of Nostradamus. <laughs> I'll take any, any Nostradamus <laughs> that's anytime. The, I mean, that's when, when, we were, when we were young, I remember asking my parents, like, is Nostradamus real? Because he predicted World War Three. <laughs> <laughs> That's how lazy to, the backstory so I've is. Talked about him, I've talked about, like, the book bus before, how I would go on and, like, get anything on the Loch Ness Monster, on Bigfoot, on any of those things. I also used to grab any books I could find on yeah, Nostradamus. of course. Yeah, yeah, I was, like, totally sold. What is, who is this man? He's a guy from way back that supposedly predicted a lot of things that would okay. then come he was the true. Sim- he was the Simpsons in human form. He okay. predicted That's World the best War I, World him. War II. OG QAnon. Jesus. <laughs> OG QAnon. <laughs> <laughs> Did he do anything really or just was like, this stuff's going to happen? Uh, he said this stuff's going to happen and, and people have, some people at one point, I mean, it's kind of like 80s. I feel like it's a little bit like 80s urban legend. It's like the Mayans and like the Aztecs. Yeah. Like, it's, the calendar it's, ends. The Mayan calendar ends next April, bro. Did you know that? I mean, oh, I, I can't I wait. Nostradamus, I'd be pissed at Jesus <laughs> because, I mean, he really has not gotten a, any credit if he's this good, you know? It, it does a lot of that. I think it does a lot of winking. Like that kind of stuff is so funny and like you mentioned kevin the blind guy there's a blind guy at the movie with his daughter and his daughter is explaining the movie to him the whole time he keeps saying what's happening now and she tells him and then she keeps running off to make out with her boyfriend and of course her blind father can't see so at one point the boyfriend is even sitting on the other side of them and they're making out and the blind guy's just staring at the movie like what's happening now uh, i mean say what you will that blind guy has legs he makes it pretty deep into the movie well there was also a blind guy in suspiria 
Um, and there's uh, the the latest Dario Argento movie that I haven't seen. Dark Glasses is about blindness. He's got like a blindness thing. I think it's kind of like Clive Barker's uh, hooks. Yeah, it's his hook yeah, that's, thing. That's, yeah, that's, <laughs> there's there's also guy. a scene in the uh, in the film within a film when they just when they disrupt Nostradamus's tomb and there's a mask in it and there's like a little book and one guy's reading the book and the other guy puts the mask on and the kid says, "Oh my God, don't do that! You'll turn into a demon." And the guy goes, how do you know? And he goes, because it says you'll turn into a demon. Oh. <laughs> That's the most exposition you get. That's it. That's it. <laughs> well, you talked about how the movie made money, Trent, and it did. I mean, this made 1.225 million lire. It's a hit in Italy. Yeah. yeah. And it outdid, we've talked about all these movies. It outdid the original Nightmare on Elm Street, which is Cat's uh, most overrated horror movie. Um, Cat's that. Eye, Silver Bullet. I mean, it outdid a bunch of pretty big market, big name movies in Italy. And so the sequel in Italy, yes. Yeah, yeah to be clear. Like, like us. But the sequel was put <laughs> just, <laughs> Not anymore, Chris Remember? moved back. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> nah, she still got contacts. <laughs> but like uh, American horror movies that make money, the sequel to this was rushed into production. We're talking 7 so months fast. after. Yeah, so Ooh. fast. So I'm guessing that's why we basically get the same movie just in a different location. Uh, but I am curious. The third one never really, you know, came to be, and the second one was also very financially successful. So you yeah. would think that they would be like franchise, franchise, franchise. Right. I mean, it's the, easy. The other question I have is, why do you think, other than like, was it 2019 when the Suspiria remake came out? Somewhere around there, 18, I think. Yeah. Why do you think there hasn't been like we American filmmakers love to take a foreign market and remake the heck out of it? Why do you think there hasn't been more Italian horror remakes? It's a great like, question. Even the Jalo, I th- I have a theory, and, right. and I'll let you. I'll open. I'll open up the floor. Mm. I have a theory is that American horror movies ripped off Italian horror movies. They were already and they remade. Were per- they were, yes, they were remaking them for separate IPs, right? And content right. to steal what Argento and Bava and everybody gave us, right? Right. Yeah. But why do you think, you know, how, how come there hasn't been a remake of, like, Bay of Blood? Well, because it was Friday the 13th. Right. Um, anyway. I think thoughts. that's a good theory. I'd go with that. Great. I thought that'd be more of a conversation starter. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> I, I agree. <laughs> how about the backburster? We talk about oh. a lot of chest bursters Ooh. on this movie. Of course, Alien and The Ugh. Thing. This movie has the greatest the greatest mm-hmm. backburster scene yes. of all yes. time <laughs> when somebody's they're down on all fours and the back bursts out and the craziest uh, practical effects demon that looks nothing like any of the other ones. <laughs> like It's like out of a Guillermo del Toro movie or something. This demon pops out oh. and then just like runs away. You see him for a second later. All that work, that must have been so much work to make that. There were a couple of different demons in this one. Uh, that looked kind of like uh, gargoyles or something, like yeah, he did. Yeah, and yeah. the next one that we're going to talk about, they were straight like zombies. Everyone looked kind of like a zombie in yeah. that. Where this one, I liked that you didn't quite know what was going to come and manifest from you know this curse yeah. or whatever. I don't know. I mean, you get uh, both. Both movies have sort of a a couple American werewolf in London scenes. Yes. Where they go through yes, all that the work. Transformations. Yep, like yes. the, the second uh, Lady of the Night. When she turns, it's a great transformation. What you just talked about, Trent, it's like very American werewolf in London. And in the, ne- in the next movie, there are a couple as well that uh, reminded me of um, 
of that tra- obviously classic transformation scene. But yeah, like to you guys' point, that's so much work that went in for like three to five seconds on film. Yeah. You can tell these guys were just having a blast. That They yeah. were just like, how much can we fit in? You're like, what do you got over there? Oh, that's green? I'll find a way to use it. Uh, <laughs> what, do you, what do you have over there? Like, oh, uh, a torso that hasn't been ripped open yet? Okay, bring it over here. Like, they, we'll figure it out. They seem to run low on the green slime at one point. At first, every every demon transformation features them spitting out all this green slime. going everywhere. And then, you know, by the end, there's very little green slime. It seemed like they used it up. They had the uh, Euro Quigley in this, playing yep. almost the exact same part as oh, yeah. the demons. Yeah, with the, the the razor blade. Or or her yeah, her also her uh, scene in Return of the Living Dead was very much like this. Like oh punk right, rockers. yeah, good call. I like punk rock in uh, horror mixed. I will say my last comment on this is I did not like the ending. I loved the I ending. I didn't like the what? ending. What? Why? Hey, I don't always like like need things to be wrapped. I mean, we torture ourselves with some of these movies. Too ambiguous just, for you? A little ambiguous, but also like honestly, at the end of the day, a movie like this, I, I wanted the happy ending. Ah, oh, sucker! And I would, I would. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, me? What are you doing? I guess I was confused by the ending. In that when the sequel started, it was like clean slate. Like the, the first film had never happened in that way. So I want to get into that. I think we can, I think we can go I, down a rabbit hole there. Yeah, that's what I was curious about. I love the ending is one of my favorite things about this. I don't want to spoil it, but it, it kind of jerks you around when you think it's over. It kind of gives you a scene. You think that it's over and then it's not quite over. Mm. Oh, I it's love like that. Friday the 13th. Yes. You know, it's like it's that, that same kind of type tri- of thing. It's yeah. that kind of happy ending. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think maybe because I watched it as young as I was, it's probably just rooted in me that like my first reaction to that, w- having not seen a thousand heartbreaking horror movies that I was used to and started to appreciate, I think this one is just like so in my DNA that I'm sure the first few times I watched it, I was like, oh, it, it probably made me sad. Well, it's a big ending. And when you started talking about the ending, I immediately thought, that the ending of Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a happy ending. Huh. She's a demon, an instrument of evil. (laughs) (laughs) Just like it said in the damn movie. (laughs) That's the whole way it's so fucking good. Uh, Kevin, you mentioned the soundtrack. You get Billy Idol, Accept, Motley Crue, Rick Springfield, Mm. Go West, Saxon. Saxon. Really good. Slaps, fucks, hits, or whatever you said. Whips. Whips. All right, Matt, thank you for Demons. We're going to be a little bit late on your second pick due to the uh, communication snafu that Trent met, uh, mentioned, but obviously we were just going to careen into Demons 2. Why not? Just one year later, this was a fast-tracked sequel. Like we mentioned in the first segment, Demons made a ton of money. This one did as well. It was $1 million. I'm going to save everybody a large synopsis and just say this is the same exact movie as Demons. Only instead of a movie theater, it is set in some futuristic high-rise building that locks you down. It has all of these extra special security features. Right. What I am going to do is tell a story about what Demons 2 did to me as a child. So I actually saw Demons 2 before I saw Demons when I was younger. 
and I was having recurring nightmares. So I had a couple. There were two or three that have really stuck with me, but it would be every single night. It would either be the same exact nightmare or almost like another chapter in a book of a nightmare that I was having. And the Demons one, after I saw Demons 2, and I mentioned, you know, in the first segment about, you know, one of the first claustrophobic movies that I saw. So it was this. It was I would walk outside at my house and I would hear coming up the end of the road just a ruckus. It sounded like trucks and screaming and something coming up the road towards my house. So I would run across the street to my neighbor, who was my best friend. They had this beautifully kept yard. But in my dream, it was an old auto mechanic and his yard was just full of cars. So I would run up on the porch and I would ask him what was happening. And he would look at me and he would just say, they're coming. I would run back to my house and start telling my family, lock all your doors, everybody hide like they're coming. And so we'd lock everything up and we'd be sitting there and then I had a a door to the basement in this house and all of a sudden I would see the green slime start Mm. coming underneath the basement door. And I would panic and the demons would burst through. I would run into my bedroom that was, at that time, it was covered with the magazine Circus. So probably Motley Crue was on there. And I would hide and pretend that I was dead as I listened to the demons slaughter my entire family. (laughs) And then they would get to me, and instead of killing me, they would just start ripping the posters off the walls and eating the faces of the people that I had on the walls. And that's how the dream happened every night. I had that same dream for weeks. Wow. Wow. And that's what Demons 2 did to me. Damn. In terms of the movie, it's this. It's third verse, same as the verse. It's oh, the, that was my take. It, it's the you same. Still <laughs> <my opinion. laughs> it's, it's the same movie. Um, it does have some cool things. They do still give you some cool kills. Um, still great effects. Not as well paced. Uh, a little more actiony, I would say. But it's still just as properly effective, I think, as you know, Demons One, at least to a young Kevin. Um, watching these in succession, I did not like this as much but it almost reminded me of like a series uh because you have some of the same actors playing different parts like you would in like an american horror story or something but i don't know watching it compared to the first one i if it had kept up that pace because at that point my heart was like going fast i was psyched i was full heavy metal motorcycle man ready (laughs) and then you know it kind of goes a little bit slower than the last one does to start off. There was a really cool atmosphere, uh, but it's a setting you've seen so many times before. Being a horror fan, an apartment house is just not going to compare yeah. to like a stylish European retro movie theater. Like it's so cool looking. So, you know, the apartment house and then the gym, which I li- I have a bunch of 80s uh, gym based horror. Uh, that I want to bring in here. <laughs> and this I, falls into that category. A, a big part of it does anyway. But, you know, it reminded me a lot of all of the Dawn of the Deads. It reminded me of, like, you know, the this, this stuff that came after it, Walking Dead. Um, I still liked it, but they were definitely more straight-up zombies, less, like, goblin, gargoyle-type things as the first one. Mm. little more development of the characters, especially in the movie. They did more talking and more kind of exposition about something or other. And, you know, I liked it. Um, It just took me a few times to get through um, when Demons 1 just blew my socks off. It reminds me of like the Die Hard 
series. I love this one. I thought this was a great one, and I, I had everything against this movie. I saw this movie a long time ago, too, but it never, it didn't really make much impression on me. My memory of it was just like you said, Kevin, third verse, same as the first. This is The Whole Crew is Back. This is directed by Lamberto Bava again, produced by Dario Argento again, both co-writers, and, and the other two co-writers were back, too. Stivaletti, Sergio Stivaletti, my new favorite effects artist is back he's doing it again i thought that this had some things to offer though i didn't think it was totally just a run the play again but not as good i liked the idea that in the in demons it's a movie at a theater i liked that in in demons too it's the tv show so you've gone from the communal public experience that people had primarily known movies for to now the VHS at home, the cable television, we're in mid-80s now. So now the horror is coming straight into you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to get a ticket. You don't have to show up. It's right in your home. Everybody has a TV in the living room. They might have it in the kitchen. Like, you can't get away from it now. So I liked that, that it's coming out of the TV. Um, I thought that the effects, even though it's not as gory because Bava and Argento wimped out, they wanted the um, the PG-14. Italy had like a PG-14 rating at this time they kind of wimped out and they wanted to get that 14 rating so while the effects are i think are a little bit elevated from the first one it's not as gory you don't get that wild crazy dawn of the dead style gore in this one you get you get plenty though enough for me um i thought the pacing was pretty good i i thought this movie moved along pretty well sally as a uh, as a demon She's the main character initially that becomes the first demon. She's no Rosemary from the first one. There's something <laughs> Sally's very very Angela from Night of the Demons. She's not and that I got scary. I got Bub from Day of the Dead vibes. <laughs> yeah, she's from more her. like Bub. The way she runs, she has a very peculiar run, and there are many scenes of Sally running as a demon that simply aren't scary. It looks like Patty from HR is trying to get you before you pull it's out of the, the parking haircut. lot because you didn't. <laughs> she has your W two, and you need that. Like that's kind of about as scary as Sally is mm. in this. Um, but there are some elements I totally forgot about the fucking gremlin. There's a gremlin in this movie. Oh. There's a demon dog. Yes. In this yeah. movie, Pet that's gets the American it. Werewolf in London. Like that's one of those scenes. And Pet gives it. There's a kid. <laughs> there's a kid demon in this movie. Davey. Kid gets it. Kid gives it. Kid turns into a gremlin. I think that this movie has a lot to offer, and I would actually recommend the double feature. I, I think there's a lot here. I I really enjoyed this one. This one legitimately terrified me. I would say uh, they introduced a demon that has been haunting my thoughts ever since I saw it, and that was the little demon baby gremlin that you're talking about. <laughs> oh, <man>. Woo! <laughs> the face. And the claws and the noises that this little creature was making, <laughs> yeah. I, I just can't with it. They really amped up, I thought, like I agreed with you, Trent, that they amped up the special effects in this one for sure. Maybe a little less blood and guts, but like... It's a little better looking, I feel like. It, yeah, like the, the demons themselves or zombies, whatever we want to call them, like I just feel like there was more going on 
especially with like the teeth that they kind of introduced oh, and just like, whoo, just like everyone all of a sudden has the had these fucking like werewolf teeth popping out. I thought it was kind of effective to have it in a large apartment building uh, because there were so many different places that they could be. And now like they're in the gym in the apartment building. And now apparently there is like a movie theater in the apartment building and like just all these different um, areas that they could have spooky stuff be happening. There could be spookiness around any corner, really. And also whenever you um, you know, bring that element of now you're trapped in this room, now you're trapped in that room, and it's your room now, it just kind of adds a little like claustrophobia to it. I'd say the acting and dialogue, still a little you know, wonky as the first one. I did like Sally at first, because she was like, it's my party. And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'll cry if I want to. And it's my hair sucks and I don't like my dress. And so I was like right off the bat, I was like, ooh, she gonna die soon and I can't wait for this. But I love these film, uh, these installments that we've watched. I'm excited maybe to watch the, there's a third one? Watch the third one? There's a third one, but uh, they they severed all narrative ties to this one. It's called The Church and it was supposed to be a, a third movie in this franchise, but they changed it and they made it not have to do with these. So I don't know. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, it was supposed to be uh, the the next claustrophobic place was supposed to be an airplane. Right. And they Ooh. couldn't, they couldn't uh, get that off the ground. <laughs> it has a it has an intro that Good reminds one. me of, I, I started the church recently. Oh. And it, you know, the uh, part in Superstition where they go back into the 1800s? It yes. starts like that. Kind of like that. Uh, yep. There's like a witch trial so maybe maybe that's the movie where they were like going to do the sin of like trying to give us the Mm. history of the demons yeah maybe i'm gonna go back and finish it uh i'm still haunted by that fucking baby um really glad that nick's out of town tonight Uh, i'm gonna lock all my doors and hope that a little creature isn't lurking and waiting to come get me i will be on the lookout for them but yeah i thought this one slap fucked whipped yeah. I mean, I yeah. want to know who are the code enforcement officials in this city where you have a building that to protect, I'm using air quotes, to protect your tenants, you lock the building down. You actually reminded me of Land of the Dead. The, when you were describing this this building, with, and they, they talk about the bulletproof glass and how it gets locked down every night, Ramiro would be way late to the party on this idea with Land of the Dead. Is yeah, this, what was that, like, 04? Yeah, way later than this. I don't know if it was that late, but it's this idea. So I think that that was kind of a, a cop of this. Well, that's that's what I was talking about. So that's another good call. That's like another movie that I think Demons and Demons 2 influenced. Another one in this movie, and it's this is the scene that got me, is The Ring. The Ring totally copped out on this because the way the demons get in in this is the film within a film. Again, All yeah. of a sudden, you see the demon look at Sally because she's crying in her room and upset that her ex-boyfriend showed up or whatever. Yeah. And the demon's just looking at her and then the demon just climbs out of the teeth. It's uh, a classic. It's, it's a classic scene. Totally ripped off by The Ring. Love it. And that is the one that got me because I was you know, watching this movie as a kid and yeah. just like, oh my God, this is going to happen. And I'm going to be trapped in my house <laughs> or like whatever. And everybody's going to die. It's very Cronenberg, uh, that, that scene. Yep. And the, when you were just saying before that, you know, the first one was in a theater and then it goes to VHS. It's like exactly like us talking about the grindhouse to the VHS yeah. video nasties. And that meta 
aspect is like almost makes me like two better uh, because of how it goes to the televisions. Because I didn't like that. I liked that it was in a cool old theater, and I think I was stuck. <laughs> me on too. That. Me too. And then, but then when I thought about it, I thought, well, that makes sense because that the movie watching is moving to the home. This is right. like the you original. You could go to streaming. You could do right. a demons uh, streaming. You could do a demons virtual reality. Yeah, and it, it kind of reminded me, uh, both of these movies, I, I felt like we're a little ahead of uh, Wes Craven, too, because this, uh, The Demons was 85, this is 86, at least in Italy, they're maybe a year behind over here, but we just talked about Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, which Craven wanted to go meta on that one, and he didn't get to do that till the 90s. Th- this went meta with that film within a film thing, and in, in the movie in this one, the movie within the movie, is about kids climbing the the... The city from the original demons has been destroyed, and it's all like uh, pardoned off. You can't get in there. It's all sealed off. And the kids, these kids, go in to explore, and they find the corpse of an old demon and the fingernail. And they really give you a little bit more about like, ah, oh, the fingernails where the disease is. The demons. That's how they get you. And that's what unleashes. And then from the TV, and the early career of Asia Argento, bonafide yes. screen queen, bonafide something. Oh. oh, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's she sucks in real life. Who knows? Why do you think she sucks in real life? Uh, uh, I'm just curious. Uh, her and Anthony, Bo- uh, she like raped like a 17 year old. I don't know. Oh, I like a whole thing. I did know about that. Yeah, we don't yeah. have to talk about it. But you, I didn't know you about mentioned that. Anthony Bourdain. They were you dating, her, and like you blame her for the suicide? Absolutely not. But like, oh. yeah, I you know everybody has problems. Is he a chef? He, he was. was. <laughs> oh. He's dead now. He, wow. Yeah. Anyway, um, this is Asia Argento, daughter of Dario. Um, this is, I think, her first film role. She looks about eight, it or, is. Yeah. eight or ten years old. You just talked about Nightmare on Elm Street. And have you guys seen part five, like the dream child? I don't think I ever did, actually. Maybe I did. I might have. So forgotten. Asia Argento does not get it. Like when I was watching it, I was like, no, oh, man, does the kid not doesn't get it. Get it. Uh, but then the kid, there is a kid that gets it. Yeah. And well, he doesn't gives it. Well, the kid doesn't really get it, though. He the the blood in this one thing that happens in this movie is that the demon blood now starts dripping through the yeah, whole it's apartment like, building. It's alien. Yeah, it's, it's alien. alien blood. And if you if you touch it or you or it gets in your mouth or you lick it like the dog, <laughs> I don't know. The kid did it just drop in the kid's mouth from the ceiling? That's or got in his cut or something? I don't know. But when he turns into a demon, he so looks good. exactly like the kid. Oh, in Nightmare Dream, on Elm Street Dream Child. 5. Yeah, That's what any kid his age would aspire to be. That's how I used to deal, <laughs> deal with the scary things in the nightmares. I would pretend that I was also a monster. Like, I had mm. to go in my basement to get something. I'd just be like, wow, what's up, monster? <laughs> <laughs> that kid is psyched. The kid who got to play that role was so psyched. They don't have a playbook for these movies. They're basically yeah. like, let's get a whole bunch of cool kills. They're hot off the heels of demons. We know what we did on the last one. What things can we do on this one? Like They're just having a good time, and I think that's why these movies are a good time to watch. But so are they, are they relate? Like, this is what I'm wondering. Yes, I would like to get into this. Because the last one, you know, leaves off that you don't have much hope for society or whatnot. And then this one just starts off just like, with kind of an explanation, but not really? Well, I think it, it's in the um, TV show. It's the movie that they're watching okay. is talking about the first demon thing, yes. and it destroyed that whole city, wherever that city I is. I think that's real. 
yeah, that that's real. And so that city was cordoned off and nobody goes there anymore. Okay. I think so, that's the idea. And then but then it started again. Yeah. In a different So spot. I think I think what the, the film within a film in this one is saying that the first movie happened, mm-hmm. demons overtook Berlin. They walled off Berlin, a la twenty eight days later, mm. and then twenty eight weeks later. So what I don't understand is is the film within a film in this a documentary it, it, or fiction? Yeah, it, it doesn't know. I don't think it knows what it is because there are scenes <laughs> that look like a, a a feature film, and then there are there's a voiceover. It sounds like a documentary. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think it matters. Well, I, 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 think I don't think they know. I, I don't think they care. I, they don't care. I think when you talk about like the you know the the alien influence and everything, I I just picture a big vat of like red goo, and like you know Lombardo walks by and just says, "Ah, l- alien." <laughs> and they're like, okay, we're gonna do the alien thing with all this goo over here. Everyone get oh. over places. <laughs> it really does. It really does. It feels like a freestyle. The second movie, the first one, I think holds up a little bit better in terms of Definitely. Like flow. Yeah. The second one really does feel like a well, freestyle. There, you know, and that's the thing. There are a bunch of unresolved things that happen in this movie. I feel like there were scenes that maybe were going to be shot or maybe they were shot and not kept. Sally freaks out about her boyfriend, Jacob, saying he's going to come over. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that, Kevin. Oh, Jacob says he's coming and she freaks out. That's what leads her to locking herself in the bedroom. No Jacob ever shows up in the movie. I kept waiting for how, where's that going to go? Who's Jacob? There are the punks in the car. Jacob again. was like, one of the punks. Again. Oh, was he? Yeah. I don't, he's not credited as, there's not in the cast, there's no yeah, Jacob Yeah, because when character. they get in the car accident, the guy runs over, he's like, Jacob, are you okay? Oh. Yeah. Okay. But then they never- but then that's it. That's it. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't see. Well, they he, just. Show I think the it's punch. just from the wrong side of the tracks. That's why she didn't right. want him to be there. But I, I still the think there must have been a scene where Jacob eventually must make his way to into the building. Think, yeah. Like, why I think would they you were have that? Using in there? that as a vehicle to get Sally alone in her room. But then yeah. what? But then why do all these scenes where the punks are driving around that that doesn't go anywhere? It just ends in the car accident. It, it is so terrible. Weird. That is. It's, yeah. 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 That could be some self editing, or it could just be we need some more. Again, third verse, same as the first. Like, they're they're freestyling, like you said. Yeah, Are, maybe, also, maybe they uh, were gonna go somewhere with it, or maybe they're just like, ah, we need like six more minutes. Let's. Uh, we, we, what what do right. we have in the first one? Some punks in a car. Ah, let's do that again. Are are the demons epileptic in this? Because I feel like the child demon is defeated when she turns on the strobe light. The child demon starts having a seizure when the strobe light comes on, and that's when the gremlin bursts out of the. The child. Did you guys not yeah, get maybe not like epilepsy? It's just like shifting a gear, like, oh, you need you need more. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, the demon just turned more. it up at that <laughs> point. Yeah, he just turned Again, it up. Okay, we just, we just said they're freestyling. I think so you have to if you haven't seen the movie, you have to understand that when the, the kid turns into a demon, he is attacking a pregnant woman. Right. So that is one of our biggest like protagonists. And so I'm guessing that there was like furious script writing. And again, yeah. like all the effects, people are like, we could do this and we could do this. Yeah. And they're like, well, let's have the little kid demon go after the pregnant woman. And that's really stressful. But then she'll kill the the kid demon. But, but then, then the kid demon will have a baby and it will come after hers. <laughs> like, Have you seen gremlins? Let's yeah. have like a gremlin come out. <laughs> <laughs> and that, I declare, is where they got the idea for the French movie Inside. Oh. Another great soundtrack on this one rivaling the first. You have The Cult. The Smiths, 
Art of Noise, mm. Gene Loves Jezebel, Dead Can Dance. It's not quite as hard edge as the first one, but it's all there. They got the whole dance scene to, to panic. The soundtracks to both of these makes me want to party with Lamberto Bava. <laughs> Like, dude, let's party. That scene where, where Sally is doing the long transformation into the demon and it's set to the song Rain by the Cult. Mm. That is some good stuff. Mm-hmm. It's funny that we're talking about how this one, like they, they quote unquote tone down the gore. They did. They did a little bit from the first but, one. But definitely. honestly, compared to most movies, this is still nuts. It's still pretty gore. It's just yeah. because Demons, the original, is off the wall bonkers. Yeah. Like it's yeah. insane. When you read about this, even in the description that was just up on the screen, it says that they upped the ante on the gore on this one, and gore and special effects. I, I think they upped the, the ante. Effects. I but. think they upped the ante on the effects, but pulled back the gore. You don't have the beheadings and stuff like right, that as much. Right, the squirting. There's not as much squirting in this one. Mm. You guys mentioned too. They they bring some characters back, so like they get a little like American Horror Story. Um, where now you get Tony the pimp, but he's a different character. Now he's, he's not back. Tony. He's yeah. running the gi- he's running the gym. That's why like, it's like a he's, series. He's the gym guy. Yeah, yeah. Tony the pimp from the first movie is now a personal trainer, and he's running the gym in this. It's the same actor. Like, same actor. Oh, yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's the same guy. And the, the security guard <laughs> is the cokehead from the car yeah. in the first. He's one. Ripper, oh. dude. He's Ripper from the first one. Wow. Now he's a secu- so he's the head punk, and now he's the the head of security. They play their their. Uh, Yin and Yang, they play their opposite. Yeah, so right now Tony has gone straight and he's running a gym, and that leads to some great kills when the demons break into the gym and they start killing the muscle yeah. heads with yeah. with the like the weights and stuff, squeezing them in the Nautilus machines. Then the muscle heads start killing them with weights, which is amazing. I don't know. We, I had some, well, there were some nice uh, little shorts. There were on some really buff buff butts running around, so that was nice for me personally. You're gonna like Death Spa the most. Yeah, Death Spa is great. <laughs> we we, we replaced spa. the uh, motorcycle scene in Demons, the original, with like a full-on derby. Yeah, in the garage. Like, yeah. <laughs> so many people driving cars in a parking garage. That, that was a like... cla- that whole scenario where they end up, all these survivors, most of the guys from the gym, they end up in the underground garage, very Day of the Dead, trying to like pile up this apparently seats come out of cars really easily i didn't know you could just pull seats out of cars like it was that the it was the 80s yeah just like the seats in the theater come out i think my big takeaway from this movie is that horror movies are evil mm. and they do cause violence and demons so maybe the moms were right well both of these movies give me uh vibes of like the fear that you get when we watch censor like it's yes, stupid, exactly. but it's still scary. Like yeah, Th- these are like don't go in the woods. I feel like from from the movie Censor, the fake movie right. in that. Yeah, to go back to what I was talking about, how I didn't like the ending of Demons because it's not a happy ending. Now knowing that I saw Demons two before I saw Demons, I think I think that further sort of cements yeah, the reason that's why, why because this... Demons two has a very happy ending okay i want to talk about the ending i don't think we care about spoilers with demons i am pissed about the ending of this movie wow and i understand what happened now when i was watching it uh, this movie comes down to the final guy is george again a different george not the same one as uh in demons and his pregnant wife or girlfriend they're like the final two and i'm watching this and i i don't remember you know i had forgotten a lot of this one this did not stay with me i'm thinking that baby (laughs) 
that baby is coming out demon. That is a right? demon baby for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm like waiting. Oh, that demon baby is going to fuck shit up. And then it's just a regular baby. And then it's a fucking happy ending. That was fuck? that was supposed to be the original ending. I know. So yeah, I found out. They chickened out yeah. again. You and yes. I can find that in nine seconds on IMDb. That's where Zack Schneider got Snyder. the D- Schneider. What? It's Snyder. Snyder, whatever. <laughs> Schneider was the guy on One Day at a Time. <laughs> <laughs> that is where Snyder got the idea for his Dawn of the Dead remake. That's why Mackay Pfeiffer's wife had the demon baby. I'm telling you. He just took Demons, Demons 2, OG Dawn of the Dead, and said, I'm going to make it look better. I'm going to make the zombies fast, like in Demons, and yep. I'm going to give you this remake. So it was, Still love it. Yes. So it was supposed to be a demon baby. Bava and Argento chickened out. They wanted that Going 14. for that rating. They wanted those teen, those tweens to go see the movie. That's That's a whole star off for me for this movie. Yeah. Taking yeah, a star fair. away that's from fair. that. I like that both movies have... The last movie has a lot of like pink and a lot of the lights and it's like that's what make, makes it cheap and scary at the same time is like the fog machines and the colored lights. This one's very blue, especially the whole birthday scene. For some reason, it's just fog machined out. But I like those aesthetic scenes that are just really cheesy horror settings. I know a guy who is very excited about next week. Kevin, I haven't, uh, you haven't told us. Has Kevin told anybody what is week? Oh, I know. Oh, you do? All right, what do we got? HBO Max is now providing you with the access to watch the movie Barbarian. Yeah. Which is currently nice. neck and neck with the movie X as my top horror movie of neck this year. Neck and neck. Neck right. and neck. Got to watch right. it again. Mm, me too. Come it's, on. It's on HBO Max. I would highly recommend, if you're going to watch it before you listen to the episode, don't do anything beyond the first trailer. For Barbarian. Yeah, just watch it. The other one, so I'm going basically with a uh, a spooky Airbnb week. All right. The next one is a movie called The Rental, which is also very recent. That's on Netflix, and that's uh, a bunch of friends go up to an Airbnb to have a nice weekend together, and obviously chaos ensues, so... Barbarian on HBO Max and The Rental on Netflix. 